in this episode of the High Rep Podcast, we speak with Leslie Baker-Brown, who runs the Women to Women program, also known as W2W, at Blizzard Technica. The program develops women-specific products and helps build a robust community of female skiers and outdoors women. Baker Brown is also behind the company's drive to promote the W2W Hillary Nelson Education Scholarship. The scholarship helps women fund and pursue professional development in the mountains. As part of their fundraising efforts this year, Blizzard Technica released a ski and illustrated storybook honoring Nelson with all sale proceeds going towards the scholarship fund. Further, Baker Brown has been part of the brand for over three decades. We are afforded a long-term perspective from inside the ski industry that we don't hear from often, a working mom who got into the hard goods side of the business a generation ago. Okay, I'm going to take a minute to interrupt the podcast intro here to plug our reader-supported website, The High Route, where our simple mission is to cover human-powered turn-making in the backcountry. Listen up for the site address because we have hyphens in the name. Some of you know this already. It is the-high-route.com. One more time, the-high-route.com. Hyphens are definitely not spelled out. It's just a dash between the words. Our podcasts are free, yet are not free to produce or host on a server. If you are enjoying our podcast, please consider supporting the site. That's it for the plug. Now it's on to the show featuring Leslie Baker-Brown. Can I just get you to introduce yourself? And yeah, introduce yourself. What do you do at the company and how long have you been there? I'm Leslie Baker-Brown. Um, I have been with Blizzard and Technica for 34 years, so a really long time. Um, I started on the marketing department, um, and in 2015, we um, started this Women to Women program, um, and I took it over globally in 2019. So since 2019, I've been running the Blizzard Technica Women to Women program. Wow, I feel like I could focus just on your experience and not the book for a moment, but like, um, I suppose, and again, this is just projecting here, but I suppose 34 years ago, I guess, I guess I would ask this as an open-ended question. How many women were sort of involved at the industry level like yourself? Uh, not many. I was for many years, the only female in the room for our sales meetings and, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of people in-house, you know, customer service and accounting and things like that that are women. But in terms of being on the hard goods side, out, you know, trade and consumer facing, uh, not many. And I still feel like there aren't a whole lot. There's a lot in soft goods, um, but in the hard goods side, not not enough, for sure. It's interesting. What, what would be your take on why that is, why that dynamic? Less, More in soft goods, less in hard goods. Oh, I, I, that's a good question, but I think women are, um, I don't know, more involved in the clothing side of things. I think it's easier for them to get started. I just, the, the, the hard good side is very male dominated, um, 
for sure. It's for whatever reason, it's it's harder for women to get to get a foot in the door there. Um, very few female sales reps on the hard goods side. Um, very few, you know, on the pro if any, on the product development, you know, side. So, yeah, I just I think, you know, there's there's fewer. You go to into a retail store and there's few women on the hard goods side. Plenty on the soft goods side, but that's just sort of how it has been. I will say it's noticeable what you mentioned, and to the detriment of the industry and i don't mean like i'm not going to not purchase something but i'm sure this isn't the first time you've heard this but for someone like my, you know i've been back into skiing for three decades kind of thing and even still when i go into a store often it's like the assumption i can't imagine what it might be like for a woman but it's like i walk in and the guy it just assumes I know nothing, right? It's like, I get it. I'm a man, but I'm being mansplained too, if that's even a thing, right? You're like, I got it, okay. So you can imagine what it's like for a woman walking into a store. Yeah, it's tough and intimidating. Well, I can only, right, exactly. I can't really imagine it because that's not been my experience, but I imagine it's like incredibly intimidating because I have to say like there's one store in particular I don't go here to embend because I feel intimidated. As weird as that sounds, I just feel like, ooh, that's not my spot. Um, so a lot, ooh, a lot of interesting things here. Uh, but let's talk about leader of the pack, the Hillary Nelson story. And I'm curious. Um, let's talk about the process and how this manifested. But how would you describe this book if if you were you know, if people are listening to this and they're like, okay, what exactly is this? How would you describe this book? And then what was the process to see it come to fruition? Yeah, it's it's really a, a celebration of Hillary's life and what she means to not just women, but I'd say, you know, people in the mountaineering community um, and how she really led the way, and especially for women. Um and we wanted to tell her story, but not in a, oh, Hillary Nelson was born here, born there, you know, did this, did that, but in more of a children's type storybook uh, fashion. Um, and the, the idea came about because we first started with developing a special makeup ski um, to raise funds. We set up a Hillary Nelson fund with Jim Morrison to um, raise funds by the sale of this special makeup ski and the sale of the book. All the profits will go to this fund. And the fund, um, we will uh, distribute monies to nonprofits who are um, addressing issues that were important to Hillary, namely two um, issues, climate change and empowering women in the outdoors. <clears throat> so we set up the fund. We. Um, actually enlisted the aid of two of our female, um, one's a pro rep, but she's a ski patroller in Taos, New Mexico, Malia Reeves, and another is an athlete in Canada, Soleil Patterson. Um, they're skiers first and artists on the side. Uh, and I knew that they were artists, so I, I talked to them. I said, hi, would you like to develop a graphic for a special makeup ski that we're doing? 
and they both jumped at the chance um, and started, you know, uploading some ideas into this Google Drive that we all shared. And Malia really jumped on it and um, came with this amazing graphic. And it's on the Shiva ski, which um, we have this theme. Uh, there's a little wolf hidden in the graphic of the Shiva skis. And so we were building out, we built out that theme of, of she wolves. Um, you know, women are. Wolves and therefore women are stronger in a pack, but also there's the leader of the pack. And we felt that Hillary was really um, emblematic of of the leader of the pack. So uh, Malia took that concept and developed a graphic for the ski. Um, it's of Lhotse Peak, which she did a first ascent with um, Jim Morrison. There's the, the wolf on the tip of the ski that signifies Hillary as the leader of the pack. And then there are two wolf cubs on the tail of the ski, which represent her children, her two boys. Um, but Malia and Soleil also came up with a lot of other artwork. And we were like, what can we do with this artwork? This is amazing. Uh, and so this gentleman that I work with, Rick Sorensen, um, he was inspired by this book that Chris Burkhart wrote, um, The Boy Who Spoke to the Earth. And he was inspired by that and said, let's do a book using this artwork in this sort of manner. Um, so we enlisted the help of um, a journalist, Kim Beekman, uh, and you know we showed her some of the artwork. She knew Hillary's story. She had written a few articles about Hillary, interviewed her. Um, so she, she was very well acquainted with Hillary and her life. Um, and she came up with the story, worked with Soleil and Malia to, you know, some of the artwork that they had already done was appropriate for the things that Kim was writing. But then, you know, we'd get to a page and say, okay, Soleil, can you create some artwork for this page? Uh, and so it went like that until um, we finished the book. The, here, here's the question in terms of like the process. And the text, the text is sparse, which for me really resonates actually. And I was kind of, I went on a run this app for kind of lunchtime and I was thinking about the text and I'm, I was like, okay, is it, it kind of reads like poetry for me at some points. Some of it is just a straight semi-factual. It's like, here's something that is happening. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm curious, like, what was that process like in terms of the text and pairing it with the artwork? Was that something that took many, many drafts or was that something that instinctually um, the, the author knew right away how they envisioned this and how it would play out? Yeah, I, I, you'd probably have to ask Kim that for a, a real <laughs> detailed answer. But I would say she, you know, again, knowing Hillary, knowing her story and having read this other book, she had an idea and a vision in her mind of, of you know, what she wanted to say. Of course, it took a couple of drafts and versions um, for sure. Um, and some of it, she sort of looked at the artwork, but a lot of it, she just sort of wanted to tell this story in this in this way. So. Um, she, you know, she did a couple of drafts, obviously, and we would look at the artwork and match it up and, um, and then ask the artist, okay, this, you know, this page speaks to a certain part of Hillary's life. Can you create the artwork? You know, like the, the children page, you know, about how they, they grew like roots and made her strong. Um, we had Soleil create specific artwork for that because she hadn't 
you know, done something like that for the for the initial art. Um, so it was a process. We went back and forth quite a lot. Um, and Kim was constantly tweaking words here and there once you get the basis and the, the of the story written. Um, so, but yeah, everybody worked great together. It was a really, you know, this is the first time we I've ever done anything like this. Um, and just really happy and proud about how it came out. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it's quite something. Like, I don't, um, yeah, I think as a brand, I mean, I can, I'll speak for me. I'm often like, uh, it's nice to see a brand produce something like this, uh, it, it, especially this time of year when it's, it's uh, Stoke film season, I suppose is what people call it. And it can be, media can be, tend to be a little overwhelming. Um, this is more subtle and subdued, but huge impact. Here's the question, and I, it's, it's obviously something one can read in five minutes. And so it's worth, you know, if you, are, if you have 10 minutes, it's worth sort of ruminating on the art or ruminating on the text and rereading. Here's something, and I was like, ooh, I, I kind of have an idea about what this might mean, but, you know, I'm just one person. So there is a theme in the book where, an you know, as we build the first few pages, an element of nature is has a personality and a voice, and it is unaligned or in opposition to Hillary in a way. So, for example, in the it's it's maybe the opening page or, or page two with the sailboat, and it states, "But the water whispered, quote, you won't find the way." And the girl, the woman in the story, who is Hillary, states, "I think I will." She whispered back. And then in the following page, there's a, a tent. She's in the mountains. And again, I'm sort of not quoting the entire page, but it says she wanted to climb it, referring to the mountain. But the wind screamed, quote, you won't find the way. And Hillary responds, I think I will. She screamed back. And later in the book, there is, you know, an evolution. There's less opposition and more harmony when it comes to like natural forces and the willingness for nature and Hillary to align. But I am kind of curious, like to you, what is the meaning to you know, those statements of like, you won't find the way. You know, she wasn't always successful in all of her attempts and none of us are. Um, and it's, it's just a matter of, you know, continuing to pursue and to keep working and to keep trying to, to find our way. Um, the, the page that specifically has, has the um, picture of the tent and the one that she didn't find her way. That actually is speaking to um, an attempt that Hillary made to, to climb Hakabo Razi in Burma. Um, and she wasn't successful. Um, and she wasn't able to make it to the top. So just talking about those things about how, you know, we're going to keep persevering and keep trying and, and keep working to, to make it um, is, is what this is speaking to. Um, and it, you know, it takes a while and, and you got to have, you got to keep trying. <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's a place on our, on a blog, there's a place on our blog and the website where we talk about each of the pages of the artwork and what it means. And it, we talk about there that, um, 
Yeah. And it, it, she did, you know, she didn't make it to the top. I don't know if you consider yourself a business person, but you're part of um, ski business, outdoor recreation business. What, what type of impact um, does a personality have on a company like yours? Again, I, I mean, I assume Technica Blizzard's like a large company. I don't know how large you are. I don't look at financials, but just like culturally and inspire, you know, inspire, you know, inspire, she's an inspirational figure and just instilling confidence. What, what does someone like a Hillary mean to a company like, like yours? Yeah, I think, you know, we specifically choose to um, associate with people that we believe embody sort of who we are. Um, like I said, Hillary is humble, down to earth, but, you know, she works hard. She, um, you know, has failed and has succeeded in some of her things. Um, and the athletes that we um, have on our team, we make sure that they fit with our brand. Um, and can represent us the way we want to be represented out on the hill, that they're fun, but they're not egotistical, that they're, you know, they can relate to people, people can relate to them. Um, and Hillary was definitely one of those those people. But yeah, they are inspiring as well with the things that they can do, you know, with, with Hillary, the things that she accomplished were amazing. And you know, I, um, you know, like for me personally, I have absolutely no interest in climbing like an Everest and I never have. And I, you know, <laughs> obviously I've been there for 34 years. So I'm a little bit older and I, and I never will. But again, it sort of makes me think, well, if she can do that, maybe there are some things I can do that are attainable for me that if I just work a little harder or try and go out on a limb, then I can do it. Um, and I think we, we really try to find, you know, athletes that can do that for people, give them some like, hey, if she can do that, I mean, I'm not going to do a double black back flip, but maybe I can get a little air off this jump, you know, kind of thing. Um, but I, um, I, I think that, and it sort of helps us keep moving forward. And, and you know, we involve a lot of our athletes in our product development. So, um, you know, it's not just the the videos that we're showing of them, but they're, we, we really tie them into our company and everything that we do. That's funny. Cause I was going to ask you my follow-up question before you kind of answered it was like, yeah, how did she inspire you personally? Um, is there one, I'm just curious. Cause I, I think a lot of us are probably who are either writing about these industries or involved with the industry. We're, attracted to a lifestyle, we're goal-focused, we're motivated. Is there anything in particular that you either have already achieved or, and again, it doesn't even need, it could be like a really awesome garden, I don't care. But is there something you can speak to that was inspired by Hillary in the sense that like motivating, motivating you to do something and achieve a particular goal? You know, Hillary is younger or was younger than I am. Um, you know, I have, I raised two boys, um, like her, but I had already sort of raised them by the time, you know, I was learning about her, but you know, you always sort of wonder, like, you know, I've worked full time the whole time and, and it just sort of validated that it was important for me to follow my path as well. Um, as, as what she did, you know, and she spoke often with her boys about what she was doing. Um, I don't know if you've seen the video that the North Face did with her called Earthside. It's another amazing video you should watch. 
um, if you haven't. I have seen that video and it's funny. I am, I'm pretty public about this. I'm not your traditional uh, ski movie type person. And I never have been, even since I remember seeing my first Warren Miller film. I went up to UVM. I had a cousin who was enrolled there. I was in college. It was fun, but it just wasn't for me. And I am, have always been more attracted to films, you know, ski films or adventure films that are a little more understated. And the story has a lot to do with like human power and human movement. And I, my son, I've sort of brainwashed my older son to like sort of enjoy what I enjoy in movies. And he was like, you need to see this Hillary Nelson film, which I, I saw maybe a few weeks ago. Um, and this is the one based in Baffin, correct? Yeah. With three other women. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's excellent. Yeah. I mean, that's like, honestly, probably I'm just, I, I haven't watched a ton of films, but the best one I've seen this fall, a standout for many reasons. So yeah, well done on that. It's, it's excellent. I really appreciated that one. And here's another little pivot, because I think it's it's something that comes up, it pops up in my feed quite a bit, or over the years if I'm getting press releases. And I, I think you you call it the Women to Women program. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, I'm just curious, can you talk about the genesis of that? It began actually in 2015. Um, I was still doing, I was still marketing um, for Blizzard Technica, but took on the Women to Women program. Um our company, our parent company, you know, really saw that the women's market was underserved. Um, and for me, I pushed really hard that it was important that we start with product. So in 2015, we started a process um, with some focus groups. Um, we gathered some women in Europe, and then I gathered a group in North America. and. We, um, the first meetings, we, we sort of got together, kicked off the whole program, you know, decided, you know, what our pillars were going to be, um, and started working on the product side of things. We tested our product, we tested competitors' products, and this is both in skis and in boots, um, and gave feedback to our product designers, product managers, and our product engineers. Um, and the process began from there, so still annually, you know, I hold a European focus group and a North American focus group. Um, I'm continually sending information around, prototypes around um, for people to test and give feedback to our, our product people. Um, and I think through this process, we've been able to really make some really relevant and uh, product for specifically for women. It's specifically designed, um, you know, specific cores for women, um, constructions, for women, you know, there are some products that we have main, maintained a unisex ski. For example, our zero G touring skis are unisex. There is nothing women specific about them because we really weren't sure we couldn't make them lighter. You know, um, we could. They were, you know, they were working well for both men and women. Although moving forward, we are going to try to do some more research on that and and focus and see what we could do to make them a little more friendly for women. But that was one of the pillars is product and that's designing product um, that works for women specifically. Um, 
one of the other pillars that we have is education. Uh, you know, we taught you just and you talked touched on it, you know, walking into a ski shop can be intimidating. And I, I felt strongly that if women had some knowledge of, you know, what does a rocker mean? And what does that mean to the performance of the ski? What is side cut? What is radius? What's all this terminology mean anyway? You know, if they can walk in and know, you know, that they like or don't like a really rockered skier, they like to feel more of an all-mountain frontside ski, feel more of the edge, or this is how a boot should fit. This is what you should, you know, don't, don't buy them too big. Everybody does, <laughs> you know. Um, so we started a program. I do a lot with ski shops. I'll go around and we'll have women's events. I call them from powder to Prosecco. And we'll do a little tech talk and talk about rocker and side cut and what it means and radius and how to fit a boot and how it should feel and the different volumes and things like that. And then, you know, we do some demos the next day so they can really try to feel this. You know, I'll put them on a Shiva that has more rocker versus a black pearl that is more, you know, front side, feel more of the edge and ask them to feel the differences. And then they have this knowledge and they can walk into a ski shop or wherever and, you know, tell the guy, no, I don't want that ski. Yes, I need it. You know, I need a 170, not a 164, you know. Um so education, I also do a scholarship program, which actually just closed today. Um, this is our fourth year of the scholarship program where women can apply for monies to help them take classes, whether it's for their next level certification, um, next guide certification, AVI safety. Um, and so I will award money so that they can take these classes and give them a ski and a boot for um, so they have the proper equipment. Um, and really trying to get more women into leadership roles. Um, you know, once they get past like level one PSIA, there's very few level three, very few women running ski schools. So just trying to get more women into leadership roles and, and help them with the process because it's expensive. Um, so there's product, there's education. Yeah, um, inspiration, obviously the videos we do with our athletes and ambassadors and then community, just community building these events that we do. and getting women together because it's fun. <laughs> I, I, I'm just curious. I'm, I'm assuming, and well, this, maybe this is a bad assumption. I don't know. Maybe you have someone else handle this. Um, but are, are you privy to seeing the applications when they come in for these scholarships? Do you actually review them? I, yeah, I am the one that reviews them. <laughs> so you are the person that can answer my question. I'm curious yep. because I know... I mean, I've been aware of, you know, your initiative and the outreach in terms of like trying to acquire the professional certificates or training to to move up the ladder or just feel more confident either at a ski area or in the mountains. I, I guess my question is, do you see more women applying for these scholarships that are asking for funds specific for say AMG, you know, American mountain guide association classes that are more focused on being mountain guides. Um, yeah. I'm just curious if you see that coming through from the scholarship standpoint. Oh yeah. I get a lot of applications for the AMGA courses for mountain guides. Um, I get a lot for PSIA. Um, there's, it, it's a good mix. Um, you know, we tried to broadcast it pretty broadly so that, you know, whether you want to be a guide or a level three ski instructor or, um, you know, whatever, AVI safety, you want to want to increase your avalanche safety knowledge. Um, but yeah, there's quite a few for the AMGA guide certifications. I'm a parent, you know, I have two boys. 
I certainly was never the athlete or the adventurer that Hillary ever was. And I think much like her, though, just as a parent who likes to be in the mountains, we all kind of think about how we lead our lives, what sort of example we want to set for our children. Um, and I'm curious, like, what are some of your takeaways from the way Hillary lived her life? Which on the surface, again, I guess really what I'm speaking to, I think there are people who 20 years ago, and maybe even today, but 20 years ago, and I forget her name. Oh, oh Alison Hargraves. Do you remember her story? She was a yeah. Yeah, elite level mountaineer who died maybe in the Himalaya, who had children. And people really chastised mm-hmm. her. And I remember that being, mm-hmm. I was a young man at the time, but remember sort of like, how that unfolded. But one thing I admire about Hillary is that she lived her life, right? I think with eyes wide open, but I'm curious, like what are some of your takeaways about how she lived her life and tried to balance, you know, being honest to her true motivations and, and being a good parent. Am I framing that? Yeah. And it, those are tough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, No, 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 no. It's, it's a very complicated question. And I think a lot of people have different reactions, but I will say that I think people react differently to women doing these adventures and things than they do to men. Um, definitely chastise more if a female has kids and goes off and does these things than if a guy does, um, again, I, you know, it's, hey, hey, they're both parents. Why, why is the female getting, giving, getting more grief than, than the guy is? Um, and that's, that's sort of just sort of the way it's been happening. Um, unfortunately, um, I, I think p- different people have different le- levels of risk tolerance. Um, and doing the things that Hillary did were important to her. And I think we do, yeah, we yeah we have an obligation to our kids, but we also have an obligation to ourselves to live our lives um, and to show them how to live their lives, how to live a life, you know, a fulfilling a fulfilling life. Um, and hey, I could get hit walking across the street tomorrow, so <laughs> you know, um, or in a car accident, right? You know, you can silly things can happen that that aren't you know not. And, and, and if I'm, if that happens to me and I haven't lived my life the way is fulfilling to me, then what's it all for? Um, so I, you know, I get, I get upset when people, especially chastise women for living their lives and doing what they want to do. I think she was a fabulous parent to those boys. Um, and you know, I, I think they probably have huge respect for her. It's very sad that she's not there to see them grow up for sure. But, you know, you can get cancer tomorrow and die the next day. It's just, that's life, right? And if you don't live it to the fullest for yourself, um, then why? Thanks, folks, for listening, and please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and head over to thehighroute.com. You got to remember those hyphens to learn more about what we're up to and how you can be involved. Lastly, the theme music you've heard comes from Albuquerque-based band Storms in the Hill Country from their album The Self-Transforming. We'll link to it on the website and the show notes. Pay attention to the sounds 
pay attention to your dreams Pay attention to what's all around And everything that's in between And I see my beauty in you I become the mirror that can't close its eyes. I see my beauty in you. I become the mirror that can't close.